Hi, I'm Ayala Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each episode, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a speech and language pathologist, and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of strength in words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to a yallet. Hello to the singers. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies. Hello to the toddlers. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to the children. Hello to the grown ups. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to your friends. Hello to my friends. Hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Today we're going to be speaking to Jean-Marie Paynel, founder and CEO of Voila Montessori. Jean-Marie is a Montessori parenting mentor and home consultant. Let's sing her a warm welcome. Hello to Jean-Marie, hello Jean-Marie, hello, 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 hello. Hello to the kiddos, hello to the parents, hello. Hello, hello, one last time. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody. It's nice to have you here today. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 48 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I'm speaking with Jean-Marie Penel, founder and CEO of Voila Montessori. Jean-Marie is a Montessori parenting mentor and home consultant. She guides expectant parents and caregivers of young children on how to prepare their homes for their children to thrive during the first few years of life. Jean-Marie believes that a supportive and peaceful atmosphere at home will allow every child to grow up as an independent and confident learner. Her mission is to help parents appreciate the true importance of their role, not as servants or teachers, but as supporters and guides of their children's natural development. Jean-Marie, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. We're so happy you're here. And I've asked you to come on the show today to speak a bit about the Montessori philosophy and some of the ways that we can bring it into our home and apply it to our littlest of humans, infants and toddlers. 
So first, I would love, though, to hear just a bit about you and what brought you to the world of Montessori. Well, it was a roundabout way. I decided after my second child was born to kind of have a big career change. So after 20-some years of advertising, I decided that I really, my calling was to be with children. Mm-hmm. that I really wanted to work with children. It's something that I had always wanted to do as an adult, as a young child. I, I was always the one playing with children at parties and such. And so I went back to school and got my master's in Montessori education at 40-some years, <laughs> where my second was already four years old. So that, I will say, is probably one of my you know, life career thing that I wish I had found all that before. So finding Montessori when you are expecting, which is why my mission is to work with expecting parents, is that there is just such amazing information for us to be guides and supporters of our young little humans that come to us as divine beings. That's what I do. But Basically, when I went back to school, I did uh, work in the classroom for a few years until I realized that parents just had so many questions and there were so many tools that I knew about, but that they didn't. And so I really set on a mission to share what Montessori is about, but also how we can apply it in our daily lives at home. And it really starts from the very beginning. So great. So let's hear a little bit, just a quick overview of the Montessori philosophy as it relates to infants and toddlers. So, I mean, as it relates to infants and toddlers, I'll just be a little bit more general just in what is Montessori. So first of all, just two days ago on the 6th, we celebrated the 111th year of the first Montessori classroom opening by Dr. Maria Montessori in Rome. And this was the beginning of what we are, you know, now to learn about the Montessori method, even though she humbly said that I didn't invent anything, I just followed the children. And that's what Montessori is all about. It's about following the child. following the child's natural development and being very respectful of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to, you know, push it, expect, want something. It's really about letting this life unfold in front of us and for us to guide it, to really be there to offer the challenges and activities that are are age-appropriate and such. So differentiating from the traditional education that probably most of us went through, Montessori is really child-led. So that is really the big difference. And in the home, for the infant and the toddlers, it's about following their needs. It's about really being attentive and being what Montessori called the scientific observer. So that we are really watching this life unfold in front of us and, and trying to understand it and give it some offer new, new opportunities to develop whatever we're still we're observing the child intrigued or, or wanting to master. Yes. And that's really the big part. And for me, when I work with families, it's really about looking at their home and looking at the environment that we create for our children. 
because, you know, it's so easy to let ourselves be influenced by what is available out on the market and, and to buy things for them and all of that. But I'm really about keeping it very simple. Yes. Because you <laughs> have to remember that the child comes to us very simple. <laughs> you know, they've been in a very simple, beautiful, prepared environment, which is prenatal life. And we need to let them adapt with simplicity and gentleness and such. So I'm very much about keeping the environment very simple, very orderly, you know, big plastic toys, noise making and lights and all of that. They don't need all of that. You know, but there's already so much for them to absorb. Yes. So I really like to prepare the parents and the environment for them to adapt to their time, place, and culture with ease. Mm-hmm. And that's really the, the basis of it. And it's really about giving them the freedom and the time to develop on their own terms and to, on their own agenda. Yes. You know, there's no, the, the, every child is going to develop, you know, the same kind of pattern most often, give or take, you know, a few months, a few weeks here and there. So it's just about being grateful that this is happening in front of our eyes. Absolutely. And I know that even absolutely for children or families with children with special needs, the Montessori philosophy and environment is a wonderful way to do it because of those sort of tenets that you mentioned of simplicity, of respect, and of of letting things unfold and supporting the child in their exploration of of the world so yeah and it's interesting you say that because Montessori actually started her work in what was considered unfortunately at the time idiot children uh you know the children that were deemed kind of oh they'll never you know they'll never achieve anything right and just the fact that she took the time and she observed and she created manipulatives that could help them understand they showed us that they were capable of great things and then she thought what would happen if I you know used all of this on on deemed normal children and there the the Montessori kind of method was born amazing (laughs) uh for for those listeners who are not familiar with the term manipulatives can you give us just a little bit of a so uh a lot of what we have in the classroom and also in the home of these toys when i say manipulatives it's really toys that are going to help the child understand certain concepts Mm -hmm. for example So, for example, there's one that I love that is around nine months or so that's called the object permanence box. Mm -hmm. Very simple toy where you're putting a ball into a hole. Mm -hmm. It disappears for a fraction of a second and it reappears. And you probably have one. Is that why? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But that was created with Piaget. To really help the child understand object permanence. Because around that age, they're starting to understand the concept that if mom or dad leaves the room, they don't disappear forever. And so this is just a manipulative to help them give them a sense of that sensorial. And so that's a lot of what the manipulatives in the classrooms are all about. It's really isolating a certain skill, a certain concept for them to first learn it sensorial. Yes. Uh, that really the basis 
of, of all our education is really sensorial. I mean, yeah. language, you know, you know that, is, mm-hmm. is that we need to, to smell and feel and, and, and taste to know what an orange is. So yeah. that, the, the, you know, when we say orange, it comes to our mind, but we felt it, we've smelled it, we've tasted it. So really engaging the senses and knowing that the child, those first three years, the child is a sensorial learner. So we really need to feed those senses. Absolutely. I love how you say that. It really is. Those first three years, especially, but even the first five years, we know that you know, infants and toddlers learn holistically, sensorially through all of these domains of development. And to have experience with an object or a concept is to learn about it. And then we have, we give it a name and then we have a memory of it, right? That right there. And then we also engage with our, our other people, our caregivers. So that right there hits on cognitive development, right? The working memory, communication development, the vocabulary. Uh, what else did we say? The sensory and motor development of touching it and feeling it and smelling it and looking at it, all of those senses. And then, of course, the social and emotional development piece of of experiencing it with another person or interacting or observing or imitating how someone else uses it. So wonderful, wonderful description, Jean-Marie. Let's take just a quick break here to hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll hear a few tips and resources from you, Jean-Marie, about bringing Montessori into the home. Parenthood is the great equalizer. Regardless of cultural, linguistic, or socioeconomic background, all parents face the enormous responsibility of raising humans. The Strength in Words Community Lab focuses on empowering families through knowledge and connection, supporting parents so you can support your children. We help parents and caregivers recognize the value of everyday interactions and everyday objects to support all aspects of your baby's development so you can find the joy in the mayhem. We were not meant to parent in isolation. The Community Lab is a content and community hub that brings you peace of mind. You have what matters when you need it most. Bite-sized morsels of developmental information, activity ideas to apply right now, parent support groups so you can feel empowered and supported in your parenting, developmental music classes, unprecedented access to professionals and special guests like the one we have today, and an active, engaged community of others like you. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that isn't one-size-fits-all. To take your one-week free trial and join us for everything I've just described, as well as member access to Q&A sessions with the featured guests I bring onto the podcast, come check out community.strengthenwords.com. All right, Jean-Marie, tell us your top three tips for parents and caregivers. Give us a place to start when it comes to integrating aspects of the Montessori philosophy into the home environment. So one of the bases of Montessori is this notion of the prepared environment. When we talk about our classroom, we talk about the prepared environment. So when I work with parents, especially like expecting parents or or parents of young children, is that I remind them that the first environment was the prenatal environment, which we take great care of. We care of what we eat, of exercise, of our state of mind, all of that. Then we consider the birth environment and we hope to have, you know, a calm, peaceful one. And then there's the home. And oftentimes, we tend to not put that much emphasis on this new home environment for the child. Mm. So I, you know, invite you to really get down to their level 
And I actually say, roll around your environment. See it from their perspective. It looks very different. <laughs> yeah. And then really start adapting so that they can have the freedom of movement and that they can safely explore. Yes. And that is really the big basis for the home, is to really create an environment where they are going to be adapt with ease. They're going to be able to explore because that's what they are. They're explorers, right? Yeah. And to, you know, for one thing, when you look at your environment, you might have put artwork up, but it's probably up at your eye level. So why not bring some of it down to their eye level? So that when that crawling baby is going around their home, they have some beauty to look at too. Or some family photographs that you can then have a conversation around and explain who this ancestor is, or maybe a photo of you as a child, or them as a baby. All of that is just beautiful. I remember very well being in a home of a woman who had this gorgeous wall of all the family photos, but, you know, it was up high. And so we just took that bottom row and we moved it all the way down. Oh my gosh, the, the changes that they made for this little person who was just crawling, he would go over and was fascinated. Beautiful invitation for language oh. because you're able to tell stories around that. Yeah. So it's really about considering what their viewpoint is and, and, and really adapting it. And then when I set up the homes, I first look at four basic areas, mm -hmm. which is the sleep area and in Montessori you do recommend a floor bed mm -hmm. so it's not using a crib that is a container that is not going to give them the freedom of exploration and the freedom of movement right so that we could do a whole podcast on just the floor <laughs> bed but that's that's a really strong concept and and I have a blog you know on my website if you want to read more about it but it's this idea of freedom of movement and then also their visual sense mm -hmm. that they're trying to make sense of the environment and if we're putting them in a container behind bars, it's a very different, you know, visual perspective that they're getting. Right. So there's the sleeping area, then there's the feeding area, which at the beginning is more for the caregiver, that they are comfortable, that they have everything at arm's reach, whether you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding. I want this to be a place where you can relax and really connect with the child. So that, could, that, so that could just be a chair, a specific chair that you sit in, for instance. Exactly. Okay. I do try to encourage that it be free of distraction mm -hmm. you know we tend to want that to be in front of a tv a computer with our phone and everything i encourage as much as possible to, to really be a time to connect and to bond with the child and i know it's hard at the beginning because we're we feel like we're there 24 hours seven but <laughs> that too shall pass <laughs> and it's also a time for you to to relax and to you know to get some rest so making it for you as well and then that definitely evolves because when you start introducing solids but the child is starting to sit on their own then I use a weaning table and such so sleeping feeding uh, personal care or or the physical care of the child and this one one of the tips that I like to get you to think is the orientation mm. that you have these the child. We tend, most of the changing tables I see, we're, we're tending to them sideways. Mm -hmm. 
like that changing table is up against the wall and we're kind of, they're kind of looking at us with a crooked neck and all this. Mm -hmm. So if we can either orient our body or just orient the table so that we're facing forward, it's a lot Mm. more respectful. They're getting equal sensation on both sides of the body and such. So that would be a big one. Mm -hmm. And then that also evolves as the child starts wanting to be engaged in their care and such when they're starting to give us some elimination communication of, you know, the changing table isn't doing it for me anymore. (laughs) How are we going to evolve that and everything? Mm. And then the one of the most important is the movement area. And the movement area from the very beginning, again, super simple, can be a blanket or a mat on the floor. Is that all possible up against a wall? so that you can put a nice long horizontal mirror because if as i think we've all noticed you know children love to look at themselves Mm -hmm. they're getting information they're getting feedback of their body scheme of their body image so this is kind of an encouragement for movement Mm -hmm. and so that's the movement area and they're very simple toys usually made of natural material Mm -hmm. so that they're getting that sensorial experience whether it's leather or metal or wood but I try to avoid plastic. I try to avoid battery-operated, noise-making, you know, plastic. And that's it. And right. so at the beginning, it's going to be mobiles because that's their visual sense that's developing. Yeah. And then, you know, then it's going to be grasping mobiles. And then it's going to be toys that are going to encourage movement and such. But it all happens on that movement mat until they start crawling and then, you know, then the entire home becomes a movement area. Uh, In front of that movement area, in front of that uh, mirror, one of the things also is once they've mastered the skill to sit on their own, Mm -hmm. so we're not propping them, this is a natural development, their hands are free and they start wanting to grab and, and pull up. So I like to put a bar in front of the mirror at arm's reach, a coordination bar, and they start pulling up and they start standing on their own and they feel so proud and powerful and <laughs> beautiful sight to see. And that's that's basically it. You know, the, the very four simple areas. And then, of course, you know, I look at the kitchen and the bathroom and all this as we're wanting to give them more independence and more activities to be a part of. Mm, sure. So it's I mean, I hear a lot of diversity in experience, diversity in movement, diversity in materials. And of course, everybody, you know, this is Jean-Marie is telling us about how this is what the Montessori way is all about. Now, of course, you can make hacks, right? <laughs> that that also fill these this kind of activity, right? So for instance, we have, I mean, of course I have the object permanent box, which is of course something like this, which is a cardboard box with the hole cut out into it. But also instead of say a, a bar that you have to, you know, grab and attach and create a banister or a balance bar, we've got, for instance, an Ikea activity gym that has, I'll put the link to it here, but it's and it's they, wonderful. And they can pull up safely on it? Exactly, yes. Okay. And of course- Because yeah, I'll use a, you know, a coffee table, an ottoman, I mean, anything that they want to pull up on. Exactly. It's just, to me, the one in front of the mirror, you know, I've seen these little ones, like, finally 
pull themselves up and oh my gosh that that look that joy on their face when they see themselves yes and they and they get to see themselves do that what a neat thing right so yeah there are ways that we can adapt and make these things actually very simple to to do You, you know what you're saying and i think this is maybe the misunderstanding sometimes with montessori is that we think that we have to have the Montessori toys or the, you know, but it's true. It's about just understanding their needs and understanding that we need to just create simplicity and room for them to explore, you know, that, that it's contrary to maybe putting them into a restraining device, exercisor or, or, and I know that some of us need that for a little bit in the in the day yeah. or, or whatever. It's there's you know, nothing majorly wrong. It's when children are spending all of their time in there and yeah. that we think that that's good for them. No, we want to make be able for them to discover what their body is capable of on their own. Yes, that they're able to get in and out of situations on their own. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, that's great. Again, going back to that diversity of experience, diversity in movement. Wonderful, Jean-Marie. That's nice. And I, I also want to emphasize that this is this is a pick and choose your own adventure. You know, what works for one family exactly. doesn't necessarily work for another family or, or a specific child. You may have wonderful visions of having a floor bed for your child who is not into it <laughs> or You may have a wonderful idea that you would like to do that, but in reality, your home just doesn't, you can't create that space for the time being. Just because you and your family doesn't, that doesn't work for your family right now, doesn't mean that you cannot, you know, ascribe the ideas that you enjoy about any philosophy, including the Montessori philosophy, to your home and your parenting. So that's wonderful, Jean-Marie. Thank you. So tell us a bit about um, what are some of your favorite resources, actually, for parents or caregivers interested in learning more about bringing Montessori into the home? Well, for one, I would say my website. So voilamontessori.com. I try to really create as many resources for parents. So there's a lot there. There is. And then there are two sites that I always refer parents to, which is Aid to Life. Mm -hmm. Aid to Life is kind of the, what is a definition of Montessori education. It's an Aid to Life. So aidtolife.org. Is that Um, Aid to Life? Or aid. A-I-D-T-O-L-I-F-E dot org. Great. Uh, very simple information about movement, communication, all of that. And it's done by the Association Montessori International. And then also MontessoriGuide.org. Mm-hmm. So Montessori Guide. And that's more of a visual, the beautiful videos of seeing children in the Montessori environments. Great. Those are two that I really like. Wonderful. And we'll, of course, post those on the, sh- the show notes and on the website. Anything else specifically that you recommend? for our listeners just patience and observation I think to me that is really the most important one is to get out of the way (laughs) you know those first three years children are not only sensorial learners but they are driven by a very powerful life force giving them the direction to figure it out explore go so it's really important to just let them do that 
Japan will be there for them, you know, guide them, give them opportunities to try new challenges, but without any expectation, without any judgment, without any comparison to the next door neighbor's child or your sister's child or whatever. It's their unique. They are. And it's so hard. It's so hard as a parent to do that. It is. Hear Jean-Marie's voice in your head. (laughs) Just remind yourself. And and, and also in your head, hear me say you're doing an awesome job. Yes. Thank you. Because I think we're so quick to judge ourselves. And so we just need to enjoy and and really be in awe with this little human being discovering all these things for the very first time. Absolutely. And that is the key. That is why strength in words exist. That is why what you do is so important, Jean-Marie. So I thank you so much. And thanks to all our community lab members who are here listening live. We are going to continue the discussion and open up for a Q&A session with you guys in just a minute. But for everyone listening from home or on the go, thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye bigger kids. Goodbye to the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye Jean-Marie. Goodbye to I yell it. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing at Strength and Words, you can do so by joining our mailing list, where you can receive weekly ideas and developmental information applicable to your infant or toddler to maximize that connection between you and your baby and to bring you peace of mind. If you haven't yet done so, please leave a review of the Strength and Words podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. Don't forget to check out community.strengthandwords.com, your content and community hub to make your play more productive. Come take a one-week trial of the community lab on me. See you next time.